Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Todd Catcher in the house. <laughs> like that hey, intro? That nice? like hey, thanks. That, that, well done. I like that. <laughs> hey, Todd, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. You know what? I'm excited to actually do this podcast with you because I'm excited to share a little funny story about how well, me okay. and Todd actually met. Um, so I have a marketing agency and it's called digital dealership solutions. Todd's got a really cool company that's called digital dealership systems. <laughs> Did I say it right? Is it with an S? Yep. Yes. Systems. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, I would actually by accident sometimes get uh, support phone calls from Todd's customers because they were Googling digital dealership systems or solutions and they'd type it incorrectly. And I got enough of them that I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. I got to find out what he does. And what was, what was that time? That had to be what, four or five years ago, something. Yeah. Like that? Something like that, at least <laughs> it's not. And then we've, we've, uh, we've, uh, crossed paths a couple times and, and, uh, at, at events and, yeah. uh, things like that. So, I mean, just being good vendors and having a good rapport with each other. And we talked a couple times and so, you know, it's always good to catch up a little bit. It is, it is, and we're gonna have a lot of fun today. But hey, uh, before we kind of get into our topics, we got some cool topics we're gonna jam about today. I always like to kick off these uh, podcasts with a little origin story because I'm actually sure. always fascinated. How did Todd? Did you get into this crazy little world we call the <laughs> automotive industry? <laughs> well, um, uh, a while ago, I had uh, I owned a couple bars in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, and during that time, I. Uh, was approached by a car dealer. And at that time, I had a small digital sign network of, uh, of screens throughout bars and nightclubs in Nashville. And when I had that, I was, they were advertising signs. So I put in screens in bars and nightclubs, and I learned all about the digital sign network, how to manage screens throughout uh, a community, uh, how to manage content and everything. And a car dealership, a friend of ours, came up, and said, hey, we could use one of these at our dealership. And I said, well, what would you want to put on the screen? And that kind of became the origin story of our company because even till this day, a lot of the calls that we have, I have conversations with dealers that say, what would you want to do? And so <laughs> as a product and as a philosophy, that's where our services started from where we said, Hey, what do you want the screen to do? What do you want the screen to look like? And then we took my background and, uh, at the time, my partner's background and really came up with the ideas, uh, of creating a service that spoke to the customer inside the store, realizing like in the bar business, the idea is that we're going to go ahead and market to people that are hanging out in the bar area. Mm -hmm. And in a car dealership, we're going to, we're going to, advertise to people that are or market to people inside the car dealership, educating them on the products and services the car dealership has, the pricing, the marketing, the, the effort, the branding, all that stuff to the customer inside the store, knowing that a lot of companies across the board spend money to drive traffic through the door, but then drop that branding message once somebody gets in the store. So that's really, really where it started uh, with a small uh, General Motors store, Chevy store up in Tennessee who approached us. And then we started creating products for them. 
and then uh, expanded out to other products and services. And to this day, we have about 20 different products and services for in-store digital signs for car dealers. And, and look, I think that's awesome. You know, because I think, look, most people get into this business. No one ever actually just gets into the automotive business intentionally, I find. Well, unless you're born <laughs> into it. Unless you're born. No one wakes up one day and goes, you know what? I got a great idea. I'm going to go have dealerships uh, work on their in-store marketing. Right. No one thinks. Right. So. No, one, no one comes out with stuff like that, right? You know, so it, I love I love how people kind of stumble their way into the business. And, you know, but it's one of those businesses that once it's under your skin, man, you're not getting this thing out. <laughs> like, you know, you, you get bit by the bug and you're it. That's it. You're done. Like, you're, you're, you're a lifer now. So well, we're glad you're a part of it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hey, let's let's get into kind of our first topic, and which is a good segue, because we're going to talk about in-store marketing, you know, which I think is still one of probably the most overlooked parts of a dealership. You know, like, I, have a, yeah, I, have a good, I have a good friend of mine right now who's uh, rebuilding a dealership, right? And $10, $12 million built. Okay. And, you know, we're kind of walking through it and you can see, you know, the cars are going to go here and the offices are going to go here, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, we're kind of like walking through this dealership and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about market material. So I walk in here. What do I see? Then I, let's say I walk over to this section of the dealership. What do I see? And then I come into right. here like, and it's like, oh, um, well, uh, I guess that big blank wall up there we could do something with. And I'm just like, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you know, grocery stores do an amazing job of this, right? Like everything from a marketing perspective in a grocery store is 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 def is clearly defined for a golden objective as you navigate your way through it. But mm -hmm. then I find with dealerships, it's kind of like a last thought. It's like we'll go spend twelve million, ten to twelve million dollars building a building, and then we're like, oh yeah, crap, we should we should put something in there. Let's go get some standing banners. <laughs> right, right. Well, a lot of dealers will go ahead and do whatever the manufacturer requires. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and they, I was on a conversation today with a store. Uh, they, they just bought a 14 acre lot. Uh, they're on four acres now. So they're going to be expanding. And they, they said they had the, they wanted to go ahead and make it a digital store inside and really create a brand inside. And most dealers don't come with that mindset. Most dealers go ahead and do whatever the minimum OEM standards are. So they're all they're advertising and dealers will spend, it depends, but let's just say between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars, which is a wide range, but dealers will spend 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to drive traffic to the store. The majority of their messaging is we're different from the competition. Uh, we offer something unique and in reality, when you walk in the store, they're doing the same exact thing as their competitors are inside the store. They're 100%. not telling their story inside. So this dealer um, was a forward thinking dealer that actually wanted to put money into their store to the customer experience inside the store. But the goal was to separate themselves from the competition. They said 90% of their marketing is on advertising in the digital realm to drive traffic to the store. And I said, how much of your in-store marketing is digital? And he said, zero. <laughs> and I said, do you see the disconnect? And the idea is that you t you're telling a story that you're different, but when you walk in the store, it's exactly the same because the OEM has standards. So as part of those standards, they may be, they're normally signs on a wall or if there is a digital sign program that is a standard, it's the same at every store. So how are you making your store unique? In general, when we ask that question to dealers, why is your store unique? 
they'll go ahead and tout their model, like buying direct from the factory sure. or lowest prices or biggest inventory, whatever the story is, about or family fa- owned family and operated. Owned. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah, there you go. Family Jeez. owned and operated. <laughs> but the idea is that they, what are they actually, how are they actually relaying that message to customers once they walk in the door? And if they're trying to create a brand inside the store and they're spending all their money in digital outside the store, why not have the digital marketing inside the store that correlates with the same message outside the store, the same branding, the same, the, the same kind of colors and logos and everything else in, the, in a digital format inside the store. It makes sense. And since dealers are spending between 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month outside the store, what's the difference of spending 500 to a thousand dollars inside the store to what I say is to create a comprehensive marketing message. They, they just don't see it as a priority. No, and look, it comes to a story. And I think a lot of dealers, you know, the funny thing is, as an industry, all right, we're actually really good storytellers. Everybody is. <laughs> the OEMs sure. are actually good storytellers. You know, let's, the, the dealers are actually really good storytellers. But, but then it comes, then it comes to their marketing. And it's like they almost just kind of forget completely what it means to actually tell a story. Like, at, as, as consumers, we buy a story before we buy a product. Right. You buy the, hope. Well, that's right. right. Yeah, the, the product the just fulfills. Yeah, the, the yeah. hope, the hope. Yeah, the, the, the hope, the hope. Is, the, is the word that I, I, I agree that I that I uh, lean into because it's like you're you're you you hope that whatever they say is going to be there. You hope that they're going to follow through with what they say. You hope that they are that like buying direct from the factory. It's like a tagline is a tagline, but the real emotion that's attached to it is really that hope. You you hope that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, and you and they they try to tell you that story. Dealers tell you that story and in in reality that story is convoluted because they're all telling the same story and, and, and there's they, there's nothing you, unique about that and it, and i'm with you right so look this is a game of storytelling and mm-hmm. what a better place to, to 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 i guess reconfirm or solidify your story than in than in your dealership i mean I, I, we have we see this on the marketing side a lot where it's like i consume a story online i come into the dealership and there's nowhere mm-hmm. to be found of whatever right. the messaging was when i came into it when i came into the dealership sure. and and i just and i think it's just not acceptable anymore like the technology has gotten to a to a place where it is so easy to change this messaging and to really kind of continue that story in, inside the dealership. But it's just for some reason, we just think that the the story stops. The story stops once it gets to the dealership. And I just kind of take over and then it all becomes transactional. Right. All right. But, you know, I'm thinking everything from the, the, the amount of times. Like when you think of like, so I think of kind of the sales process. And it's these kind of ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And there's so much sure. time where the the consumers just kind of left there on their own. And, you know, what do you think they're doing? Well, there's eyes. So their their eyes are left alone, right? So, like, if you could go ahead and reinforce your branding message. So, like, if you're – let's say you're in the market for a new car and you want to get, I'm going to say, a Lincoln Navigator or um, a Honda Accord. You know, you want to get that car, and you're excited about that car. Well, you have many places in your local market to purchase that vehicle. But the dealerships are all competing against their own dealerships. It's the manufacturer's responsibility to create different cars. And Honda may compete against Toyota for a particular type of car, like a Camry versus an Accord. But the dealers are competing against the other Accord dealer because they can't do anything about the Camry because they didn't manufacture the vehicle. Exactly. So it's all about if I made up the decision that I'm going to buy a Honda Accord, 
Now my next decision is where am I going to buy it? And if, if the experience is going to impact the, the decision to do it, then why not have, give the customer the best experience possible, not just in your staff, because everybody tries to hire the best staff, but in your facility as well. And that's why dealerships, it's like they spend, they'll sometimes spend more money on coffee service than they do on marketing to their in-store customers. Uh, you know what the place, you know what the place inside the dealership that drives me, that drives me the craziest, okay, is, is actually in the service lounge. Uh, mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of time spent. Like, you know, look, I, I, bought, oh, an hour. I, I bought a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever thousand dollar car, you know, I bought from you and then I need to come get it serviced. And then sure. I want this comfortable place for me to, to, to kind of wait for that to be done. And then, and I'll tell you my biggest pet peeve is I go there and they'll have CNN on or they'll mm -hmm. have up in, in Canada, CPTV, you know, and mm -hmm. they'll have this, this, this news channel on, which by the way, is just one hour cycle of just constantly horrible bad news. Like the world is ending, people are dying. Right. You know, this person did something to that person. This company is unethical and dumped a bunch of toxic waste into into the water. Like that's, right. that's, that's I'm consuming that for an entire hour. Then you come back out and tell me that I need to get a break job. And I'm like, <laughs> what does it matter? The world's ending. Right. Um, you know, like, but, like, but think about that, right? We, we you know, little things, is what makes up the overall experience exactly. all right, for someone. And, you know, it, it's the little things that make and break it. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, what you have for that one-hour attention, what you have on there, which you have control of, right? What you have on there says a lot. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on what a good strategy is and what you should be putting in there. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is to realize that you have a captive audience of people that are already spending money with you. And whether they bought the car originally from you or not, they're servicing with you for a reason. So your job is really to entertain that customer, but also educate them on your dealer services and market to them. Uh, marketing is not always sales. It's like, hey, when it's time to buy your next car, we're going to give you this value for your new car. Or, or, hey, while you're sitting here in the lounge, why don't you take a test drive while you wait and possibly get free service today? or get a $50 Starbucks gift card by taking a test drive. Some dealers will spend 250 to $500 to get someone to take a test drive. And here you have someone sitting in their in your lounge because they have time on their hands. They have a car yep. and now you could go ahead and get them to move from service to sales, but with a small incentive that you would have spent anyway to get someone new off the street. So they're your customer to lose and dealers don't look at it that way. So for us, and our products and services, we also want to inform the customer. So through our DMS integrated services, we could tell them of the service status as it's going through. So while they're sitting in the lounge, they have a little bit of empathy because they could see that you're working on a hundred cars at a time yes. when their perception may be that you're only working on three or four, cause there's only three or four people in your lounge. In general, there's about a 10% to 15% waiters based on the amount of ROs in a day. And it depends on the brand. So certain brands are going to have uh, loaner cars automatically available or they do pickup services or things like that. But in general, you're going to be as much as depending on the vehicle, like for Kias, for instance, to drop the amount of waiters is more like 20%. Exactly. So you have captive audiences there that are already spending money. And if you have them just watching TV, what are they actually going to go ahead and watch? You can't have one TV channel that's going to appeal to everybody. Nope. And we actually talked to dealerships before that, 
They have they have CNN on one side and Fox News on the other side of their store. Oh, I mean, yeah, just, why are you even really putting good. yourself in that? Si- yeah, why are you even putting yourself in that situation and making an adversarial political environment? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just contradiction of, yeah. of each other's thoughts and opinions. You know, but yeah. you and mentioned like you something. Said, you're, you're you're putting a little bit of sour into their day or reinforcing the sour when you could be be reinforcing your marketing messages that you have. And and telling them why they should buy their next 100%. car from you, or why you should add on more services, or hey, you know what? They might not have known that you offer a particular service. Well, you, you know, know what, you know what it comes down to, Todd, is I think it's look uh, a, a customer experience is a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to have you know the the drive to create a customer experience, and that needs to be a mindset. It's something that you execute on everything you do, you know. And I think I think the dealers out there that are watching and listening. All right, that do have that mindset. They're aware of this, you know. They're they're aware of the noises. They're aware of the sounds. They're aware they're aware of of the visuals. Um, now, but sometimes we're not able to do what we want to do. And you mentioned something earlier, and I want to get back to it because, okay. <laughs> because you know, I think you called it manufacturer mandates. I might <laughs> call it manufacturer handcuffs. Okay. Um, but but I'm finding there are more and more dealers that are kind of saying, "Look, I don't really care." All right, this is my business. It is it is my responsibility to create the experience. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, manufacture mandates, go outside of the mandates, stay in the mandates. What are your thoughts on it? So if there's a there, manufacturer has mandates that I think are with good intentions, the because their goal is to reinforce their brand, not the not the dealership brand, but the brand for the particular uh, for their manufacturer. So if you're Ford or your General Motors or your Honda, your goal is to reinforce your brand inside the store because they don't care where you buy your next Honda from as long as you buy a Honda over a Toyota. And so the dealership, though, has different goals in mind. So if a manufacturer has a mandate that's a minimum number, minimum mandate, I, you, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Uh, certain there are certain incentives that are tied to that. At the same time, the manufacturer mandates that are a minimum. They don't. None of them across the board say that you can't add additional screens or additional in-store marketing or additional branding inside your store to enhance the customer experience as long as you have the minimum requirements. And so the minimum requirements are pushed out there from the manufacturers for the manufacturer's benefit. Smart dealers are going to say, what can I do to make it benefit me? And that's where they may have to add additional signs or look at the mandates and say, hey, what am I actually getting for these mandates and opt out of those programs? And that's going to be up to a business decision on their part. But either way, there's an option for them to go ahead and add additional screens that have services because the majority of mandated services are the same at every single store. Exactly. So they don't have integrations. They don't have... Uh, leadership boards. They don't have motivator boards. They don't have sales appointment boards. They don't have service status integrations. Not only are those products more sophisticated, they're specific to the store. So they're not going to, the manufacturer is not necessarily going to mandate those programs that are specific to the store because each one requires a unique interaction with their dealership programs and processes. And so when it comes to those mandates, um, it's, it's good to kind of for a smart dealer to look at those mandates and say, Hey, I understand the mandates. I'm going to get the minimum mandates that are required for me to get my back end money or to be part of a different level of program, but then I'm going to add additional screens and additional services 
100%. to go ahead and make the customer service a customer experience unique and talk about my brand. Well, that, that's, Remember, that's the, the kicker, right? Yes, goal, you're 100%. We have to meet their requirements, all right? Mm-hmm. But just because we have to meet the requirements does not mean that we we, we don't tell our story. Like, our story right. needs to be obvious. Like, mm-hmm. I understand we're a Toyota dealership, but if it's, it's Jason's Toyota dealership, right? right. And there right. needs to be... It's not enough that I just say Jason's Toyota dealership, right? It's not enough that we kind of talked about it earlier, right? It's not enough that I just say I'm family owned and operated for 40 years. No one, no one, no one, <laughs> right. no, one, no one cares about that. Actually, I posted something recently. I got totally burnt on this. A lot of people disagreed with me, but, but it's, it's, it, it's not the fact that we're family owned or it says Jason's Toyota outside. All right. It, it's, it's what we do or how we do. So, so it's, everybody knows what we do. We, we, we service cars and we sell cars. It's pretty straightforward, right? right? It's a Toyota right. outside, you know? Why we do it the way we do it, now that is what's unique and that's what needs to be in those marketing messages. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes mandates get in the way. Now, now speaking mm-hmm. of those mandate uh, of those messages, all right, it has never been easier to get that message out there in a mass way um, mm-hmm. than, it, than it has before. So I want to go a little bit into kind of technology because we were kind of heading that direction before, right? You know, once you sure. kind of have that defined message, you got to work back towards the technology to actually execute on that message. Sure. And I think there's some real cool innovations that have been going on lately. I know we've had an opportunity to chat a little bit about this, but I'd love to kind of get, you know, your thoughts of what are you excited about, actually? That's what I want to hear. What do you, what innovation right now gets you going? You're like, ooh, this is cool. <laughs> in in all, all around or, I mean, sure. in digital signs? I mean, Absolutely, what, anything. Um, well, I mean, for, for us, uh, we're pivoting our company more towards the data. Um, we've been integrated uh, for eight plus years with, uh, and we're adding more integrations for our products. So service status boards, we've had, uh, it, we integrate service status into the customer lounge TV program. We have service menus that have half the screen as a menu and marketing and half the screen in the service status. We do service texting. We have a, a sales appointment board that's integrated as well. And then we have our, sa- our sales leaderboard or motivator board that we're rolling out our new product, which is uh, going to be not only sales leaderboard pro, but then we're also going to have a dashboard product that will allow dealerships to pretty much have a dashboard on their computer where they can look at their data in a easy, friendly way. But then all their staff also have access to data uh, as well. So it's, it's really a comprehensive reporting tool that's made mobile first and it's made to be simple. So while there's other significantly detailed programs out in the marketplace, this is for the guy or the salesperson or the saleswoman who wants to go out there and, and look on their phone and say, hey, here's how I rank in gross, and here's my CSI for the month, or here's my, here's my awards that I won last month, or here's the sales that I did this month. And a manager could log in and automatically see on a screen or on a large screen TV how the, how the store is trending and all these different reports, uh, but not at the level of detail of some of the more aggressive programs out there that might cost 2500 to uh, plus a month per store. Ours is going to be between the 500 to $1,000 range to, to do a full store comprehensive program that has not only desktop reporting, mobile reporting, but then on-screen reporting, replacing the dry erase board, which is a product that we've had for a while that we're extending <laughs> um, and moving over to larger servers. So super excited about those programs when it comes to digital signs. And that's where the focus of our company has been over the last eight months of develop of these new programs. That's awesome, man. That is, that, that is some, definitely some cool stuff. And you know, I, like, I think that's for any dealership out there, you know, when it comes to their data, the faster I can put it in front of me, the easier. I got to think back, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a dealer principal, 
you know, I'd come into the more, I'd come in in the morning and I'd have to show up at least a good solid hour and a half to two hours before everybody else, because I had about seven different systems that I knew I had to log into that I knew I had to chew on some type of report before I can kind mm-hmm. of move on, you know, with the day. So, you know, I, I think any progressive dealership out there, and there are a lot of progressive dealerships out there. I think a lot of people give me a hard time because they think I'm always giving people crap, but no, it's just tough love. Um, but right. there are definitely some, there are a lot of progressive dealers out there and in getting access and being in front of their data, I think is an incredibly important strategy. And to, to be a, to be in front of their data, they need to have it in front of, literally in front of them. That's the funny part. It needs to be in front of them yeah. all the and, time and so they can actually well, execute that. <laughs> Yeah, what we've learned, so we've had, we, we came up with a sales leaderboard that has eight automated reports. It originally had 40, but it was too much. The replacement for a dry erase board. But as dealers became, we've had it for about eight years. We've been integrated with, we're, we're integrated with uh, 12 different DMS and CRM providers. And what happens is that as dealers have become more sophisticated over time, uh, now they want it mobile and they want to see it mobile, but they want to see the information that they need immediately. And so, and we're, when, when speaking with groups, we, they want to be able to have like a VP of sales who's going out to, or a regional VP that's going from store to store. Before he walks into the store, he wants to know how that store is trending month over month, year over year. They want to know how, what their inventory level is, how service is doing, what their numbers are, how that compares to previous. And they don't want to go through a full detailed report. So our new system actually allows them through a mobile device, literally to, within two clicks, they could switch from store to store. And they're able to see what we, what we call a dashboard of how each store is doing and with, with specific key KPIs available to them of each store. And they're able to go through and then also group the stores together based on region for the more national level programs. So what we've learned is that our sales leaderboard has been a great product and our top selling product over the last, uh, since we've had it six or eight years, whatever that may be. And then what happens is that now dealers want all that in the palm of their hands and they want to create custom reports on top of that. So we, that's what we've been working on. And that's what we're, we're getting ready to launch at NADA is this completely new program, uh, that builds on the leaderboard that we've had because the leaderboard, other people have tried leaderboards and failed because there's a lot of nuance from dealer to dealer. And as we're uh, official partners or integration partners with 12 different DMSs. Every DMS is different. So the technology that we've built behind the scenes to correlate all this data together, there's even stores that are out there or groups that are out there that have multiple DMSs. And so to correlate all this data together and to put in the palm of somebody's hands and the staff member's hands. So a staff member can see what they've done they could see all the numbers that are associated with them, all the cars they sold, all the customers they had, all the way through for the month. And then they also have different uh, award systems, what we call gamification, in the, built into the system so that when, when they reach a goal, they get awarded through the system of certain goals that they meet that they can sit down with their manager. The manager can set the goals for their gross or CSI or uh, units sold, new and used, and they could get awarded for that throughout the month. And then those awards accumulate over a period of time, and they can see that just by logging in. But it's still private where they're not able to go ahead and see the larger scale stuff. So it's a very intricate system in addition to the sales leaderboard that we have. And we have that coming out for not only sales, but also for service and finance too, will all be rolled into one system. 
Oh, man, that's going to be super exciting. I can't wait to kind of check that out. Hey, uh, Todd, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation today. But, man, before I let you go, um, I think we've touched on some pretty cool topics. And I'm sure there's people out there that are maybe watching or listening right now and may want to continue some of these conversations with you. What, what is the best way to connect with you? So Digital Dealership System is the company. Our website, digitaldealershipsystem.com. Uh, LinkedIn, if you want to connect with me directly, I'm active on there as well. Uh, you're welcome to email me, uh, Todd at ddsmail.co. There's no M on the end, so Todd at ddsmail.co. And that's pretty much it. Pretty straightforward. Awesome. Hey, Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me, man. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Hey, thanks, Jason. I appreciate the opportunity, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.